2: One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
3: www.brfcs.com.
2: By the fans, for the fans, since
0: 1996.
2: Welcome to this BRFCS podcast special on the resignation of Steve Keane as manager of Blackburn Rovers. I'm Wen Wahoo, the BRFCS editor, and with me in the virtual studio today to discuss the events surrounding the departure of arguably the worst manager in the history of our club, and indisputably the most loathed manager in the history of our club, is our chief reporter, PA-accredited journalist, Kami. Later in the podcast, we're hopefully going to be joined by one or two Rovers fans for their reactions and comments and to talk about Steve Keane's replacement. But first of all, let's hear from Cammy about the last two weeks in the circus that Blackburn Rovers has become. Hello, Cammy. How are you?
3: I'm fine, Ben.
2: How are you? Excellent. Yeah, absolutely great. Great news over the weekend.
3: Yeah, we can, after I think three aborted attempts over the last 12 months, we can do a a Steve Keane sacking, stroke, resignation podcast. Uh, each time we've been thwarted by Mrs D in in in, in the last 12 months, but uh, thankfully we now can talk about you know Steve Keane leaving the club.
2: Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, it's uh, it was always in my mind going to be a, um, a long drawn out affair. Um, now uh, we can actually go back in the Leicester saga to before the Barnsley match. Um, rather amazingly, um, we we had news that uh, if he'd lost the Barnsley match that uh, he could have been sacked there and then. Um, could, could you elaborate on that?
3: Uh, yeah, it was actually after the Barnsley game. Uh, I had a text from uh, a very, very good source uh, who said... Um, we we won two one with Nuno Gomez uh, scoring in the last five minutes. Uh and my source said uh, that Keane was literally five minutes away from, from the sack. Uh to which I said pardon. Uh he said my source said that basically uh if we'd even drawn that game, it was it was likely that Steve would Steve Keane would be sacked. Um So, you know, coming away from Barnsley, I was thinking that that's weird because we're top of the table, uh, and with that point, he could still have made his points target, you know, the 16 points that he needed. He could still have got there, uh, you know, with that win. Uh, So, I found that a bit bizarre. Um, So, the following Thursday, so the day before the Middlesbrough game, uh, a number of sources uh, came to me and said that if we lost to to Middlesbrough on, on, on that Friday night, then uh, Steve Keane would be sacked. Uh, these were very, very reliable sources who are very, very rarely wrong. And they, were, they weren't they were even talking it, about it as he might be sacked. They were saying that he will be sacked. Um, so going into the Middlesbrough game, um, I was sort of fully aware that Steve Keane's, you know, he was pretty much... Uh, that match would decide his future. If he won, uh, he'd have got to his points target and would have been in quite a strong position, I think, uh, to to remain as manager for the time being. Uh, Obviously, if he lost, then then is you know, according to these sources, uh, Steve Keane would be sacked.
2: Now, Mr Balaji and Mr Venkatesh have long been after uh, sacking Steve Keane, but uh, what you're saying is that Mrs. Desai had also signed off the sacking uh, in advance of the Middlesbrough match.
3: Uh, no, uh, she hadn't signed it. Signed it off. It would. It would be. Uh, these sources were saying that there would be uh, discussions and people like you know the two brothers Venkatesh and Balaji, uh, Shebia I assume, would be involved. Uh, would. would urgency decided in the strongest possible terms uh, to, to remove Steve Keane. So nothing had been signed off uh, before the Middlesbrough game, but uh, people in and around Venkeys uh were very, very confident that they could uh, get her to agree uh, to, 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 to sack Steve Keane.
2: Now, presumably, this goes back to the May meeting uh, where, uh, allegedly, a points total was agreed uh, for the seven first matches of the new season. Um, now, uh, what you're saying is that essentially Mrs Desai couldn't go back on her word. Is that right? Yeah, I think that
3: was going to be the argument of the people wanting Keane out, that he had agreed to, to whatever target it was um, and that if he didn't meet that target, um, then then he would be sacked. Um, that it, that it gave them a... You know, compelling argument, should I say, uh, to to get rid of him because you know if he if he'd allegedly agreed to this target, then then they could argue that he hadn't met it and he should be removed. Um, so so that, that was one thing. Uh, the big thing this time round was, uh, in previous years, uh, Steve Keane Paul Agnew, etc., were the ones that the owners were talking to. Uh, so you know, even when we got relegated, there was. They were being told, you know, whatever version of events uh, you know these guys wanted to put out there. Uh, I'm not saying they were lying about things. We don't know what what was being talked about, but since Shebby has come in, he's the one who's been communicating with the owners and explaining to them uh, in in very basic terms, uh, you know, how fans are feeling uh, and. And the performances that have been going on on the pitch, uh, you know, he's been sat with the brothers uh, during games, and he's like, for example, the Bristol City game, we won 5 three, but I'm sure he was able to explain to him that that wasn't a very good performance. Uh, yes, we've got the three points, but um, our performance in that game was was abysmal in the second half against a team who was likely to struggle this year. Um, so, so I think. That combination of factors is points target, Chevy there, telling them, you know, what the fans were feeling, um, and um, basically saying, look, you know, these performances aren't good, uh, was having an impact. But the biggest thing I've been told that was impacting them was attendances. Um, I think the Middlesbrough attendance and the Barnsley attendance uh, uh, was the thing that tipped Benke's over in terms of. Actually, sacking him or uh, well, wanting to sack him because uh, we'd spent money in the summer, you know, spent eight million on Jordan Rhodes on transfer deadline day. Uh, the team were top of the league uh, going into the Barnsley game, um, and and the Middlesbrough for a game we were top of the league um, and and you know winning games. And the owners have been told that if you start winning games and uh, you spend money, the fans will come flocking back and that didn't happen. Um, you know. Even at the Bonds League game, when we were 2-1 up, when we scored the second goal, the fans were still shouting Keen out, or we're top of the league, and we still want Keane out. So I think the attempt is, uh, rather than improving, we're actually going the other way. Uh, and I think that's what eventually tipped them over um, into in, in wanting to move Steve Keane.
2: So you already knew about uh, the, the the coming sacking uh, of Steve Keane did
3: you uh, yeah um, so so what happened was after the Middlesbrough game i had a number of text messages straight after the game saying uh, that you know steve keane's going to be sacked steve keane's going to be sacked uh, um, so you know on friday evening well it was night actually so uh, that was friday night on saturday morning uh, when i woke up um, i had a a text message from um, my contact in Kuna. Who was saying that the owners were going to meet um, later that day, and the only thing that they were going to be discussing is the future of Steve Keen? Uh, So at that point, I still wasn't, I wasn't, you know, uh, optimistic that he'd be sad because we've been here before. Uh, So you know, they had their meeting and it all went quiet, uh, and then around about nine o'clock in the evening, um, I had a a a message from um, a very very senior source uh who who informed me that the decision to uh, uh remove steve Keane as manager had been made um and and to which i said what all the owners have agreed uh and my source said yes uh, the decision uh to remove steve keen as manager has been made and that uh, on sunday um, um steve Keane uh would be informed of that decision um um and, and uh, a statement will be released. So on Sunday, um, um, again, and I was told to keep all of this quiet um, because um, you know, the club wanted to break the news um, in their own controlled manner. And I believe some other journalists uh, also had had the same story. And obviously, we were talking between ourselves, checking you know what we had and whether it was consistent. And it was. So during the day, Sunday, uh, again, everything went quiet. Um, and, and, you know, we were, uh, the people who knew what was happening were, uh, getting various different kinds of information. But again, we were all pointing towards, uh, Steve Keen having been removed as manager. i uh, um, you know, I can't confirm or, or, or not whether a meeting between Keen and Sheby or whoever or the directors had taken place, uh, during Sunday, but I assumed it had because late, in the evening, um, around, again, about eight, nine uh, o'clock, I was informed by senior sources that it had all been done and that a press statement would be released um, on Monday morning. Subsequently, it transpires that, uh, you know, reading Twitter and a few other message boards, that the press statement had already been drawn up on, on Sunday night. Um, and again, I was told to keep all of this confidential. So, so that's what I did. Um, I didn't mention to anyone, but as you could guess, it's pretty exact at the stage that, uh, finally, uh, you know, we were, look, we were on the cusp of getting rid of Steve Keane. Uh, as I got about to go to bed, uh, I started getting loads of text messages from, from friends saying, oh, Steve Keane's been sacked. Steve Keane's been sacked. And I thought, oh, someone's leaked leaked story uh so again i went on to brfcs and i saw that um Allison, i think had done a story chris wheeler uh, at the daily mail had done a story and obviously andy cry had done a story um uh, mm. uh, on sunday night uh, again just confirming but his story was that keen was on the brink of being sacked um while the other two were saying that he'd definitely been sacked, uh, at which point I well, thought so the story got. So we started to thread on BRFCS and uh, answered some questions that people had, um, and, you know, I was fully expecting him uh, to be sacked on, on Monday morning, uh, as were uh, a number of other journalists who'd put their name to these stories.
2: So it was first broken by Alan Nixon, or was it Chris Wheeler of the Mail who who broke it? I think it was...
3: All of that at the same time-ish, uh, around about half ten. You when the newspapers get updated or yeah. here, websites get updated about ten thirty, and I think it was around about the same time all those websites got um, um, updated. Um, I think it's Chris Wheeler's story that went up first, um, closely followed by uh, uh, Alan's and, and by Andy's. Right.
2: And so, at that stage, it was felt that um, it was a done deal. Yeah, I mean, as you know, uh, when I never ever run a
3: story such as this on our message boards if I'm not 100% uh, confident in, in it in it being true and happening, uh, and that's why uh, you know I took the decision um, to to run it because you know I, I was very very sure of of our source of information, and as were the other journalists. So. Uh, you know, We all felt that um, it was a done deal. Um, at that point, I wasn't aware of any press statement uh, being in existence. I knew they were going to release one in the morning, but I wasn't aware of it being in existence. Uh, um, but, you know, it, everyone felt that that was it. It was a done deal.
2: Yeah. The BRFCS uh, message board was absolutely chock-a-block on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, we had server problems, and in fact we were moving over to a new server at the time, uh, so it was absolute chaos. Um, everyone was uh, feeding off di- different rumours and what have you. Uh, but we got to Monday, and um, everyone was thinking, and, you know, celebrating and thinking he's, he's about to be sacked, uh, and then we had this major turnaround.
3: Yeah, uh, like I said, I was told Monday morning uh, the first thing really uh, that would happen would be a, a, a statement released um, by Rovers, um, and you know I was I was like expecting something at half eight nine nine o'clock, um, and nothing happened. Ten o'clock came, and uh, nothing happened, and I started to get nervous then because uh, we were told that it was a priority thing uh, that was going to be done. Uh, around about 11 o'clock, I was told Steve Keane was at the training ground uh, and was going to take training. Um, and again, that's when I started to um, started to think, oh, there's something really wrong here. Uh, at that point, I rang uh, one of my really good contacts in Pune, and uh, he informed me that um, that he was hearing whispers that the decision to sack Steve Keane had been postponed at the very, very last minute. Uh, subsequently, it does, that's been backed up by people uh, at, in and around the club. Uh, it looks like it was a very, very, very last minute-like thing uh, that was done, and and obviously, uh, the speculation is that it was Mrs Desai um, who um, basically, for um, a stop um, to the the, the press statement uh, going out on Monday um, at which point um, obviously when I became aware of this information um, I posted on my Twitter feed um, and on, on BRFCS uh, that uh, Steve Keane wouldn't be sacked on Monday and the decision had been postponed possibly even cancelled um, uh, and obviously after that it was total alert and meltdown I think
2: yeah now uh, just to get this right um Steve Keen was told that he, he would be sacked and I, I believe there was an offer of a, a youth development role perhaps and he has then refused to accept that sacking is that correct
3: uh, we don't know we don't know what happened uh, when to be honest uh, and it'd be it, you would it's hard to speculate exactly what the reasons were for the postponement of of Keen's, uh sacking um you know it I, I find it hard to believe uh, that he refused to walk. Uh, but, you know, Alan Nixon, who's been spot on on this story, uh, reported that they wanted him to come to India and he refused to go to India. Uh, um, Nick Harris, uh, sporting intelligence website, uh, actually ran a story on Friday evening, uh, before uh, a couple of hours before Keane resigned, uh, saying that he'd been told, and you know his sources are superb, uh, he'd been told that the reason Keane hadn't been sacked was because Mrs. Desai uh, was convinced by Steve Keane's wife, Margaret Keane, uh, not to sack Steve Keane. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, Nick has put his name to that story and put it on the Sporting Intelligence website that Mrs. Desai, Desai blocked the 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 sign, uh, the sacking of Steve Keane at the last minute uh, due to. Um, uh, a phone call conversation with with Margaret Keane Steve Keane's wife um, but you know no one's 100% sure as to why the the sacking was postponed blocked um but what did happen was on Tuesday Wednesday um I start I was hearing that it hadn't been cancelled and Steve Keane being sacked was very much on the cards and that if it wasn't done by the weekend it would be done early this week uh when Balaji What's coming over? Um, he's been um, f- um, celebrating the uh, Hindu festival of Ganesh uh, over the last week or so, um, but that finished uh, yesterday. Um, so he was due across here um, early this week anyway, and I was being told that when he arrived, he would would um, sack Steve Keane personally.
2: Yeah. So on Monday. Um, Steve Keane has turned up for training he's taken first, first team uh, down at Brockhol training um, may be seen as an act of defiance um, he's then at uh, Lee for the Everton Reserves match uh, Rovers play their, their, their home matches for the Reserves at, uh, at Lee now uh, and he was seen there uh, along with Chevy, uh, Steve Keane apparently was in hospitality uh, Chevy was sat down with the fans. Uh, apparently, Chevy was pretty downhearted uh, at the time and uh, uh, rather disillusioned, uh, according to reports. Uh, and then during the week, uh, you're saying that uh, uh, Chevy has kept a, a low profile and, and just waited for uh, for the for the um, for the wheels that were set in motion to uh, uh, to, to take their course.
3: Yeah, I mean, but, you know, no one's heard. He did a couple of press interviews uh, on the Tuesday, uh, at which he was saying uh, he was giving mixed messages. Um, one of them, he said he would definitely was against that. The other one, he was saying attendances are are um, very very poor, uh, and they were a big concern. And then on the BBC, he was nub- he was asked uh, whether uh, Steve Keane would be sacked, and he said no comment. Uh, so he was giving. Different messages uh, to to different media outlets, um, and again that was adding to the confusion. Uh, but the fact that you know he, he said no comment to uh, Steve Keen's uh, being sacked or not uh, again gave people hope that it was uh, it was uh, just a matter of days or weeks before Keen would be removed.
2: And then on the Friday, they've been on the way down to London. Uh, for the uh, Charlton match. Uh, reports suggest that uh, Steve Keane went down with the team. Uh, di- did you hear that as well?
3: Friday was very, very, very bizarre uh, because we had the Keane presser in the morning uh, where uh, he was saying... Uh, actually, it was quite interesting because at that press conference, for the first time ever, he, he didn't say that the owners back him 100%. Uh, What he said was that the directors, so he didn't even say that he talked to the owners um, um, direct, Uh, he said the directors, which I assume were Agnew and Shaw, had talked to the owners and that the conversation had been positive and constructive, Uh, but he stopped short of saying that the owners have backed me 110% and it's business as usual. Uh, it's the kind of thing he has said previously where when there's been his job under threat, he would say, I've talked to the owners and the owners backed me 110% and there's absolutely no question whatsoever of being, me being sacked. He didn't go that far. Um, I was not at the press conference, but uh, journalists that were there were telling me afterwards that, uh, there was something weird going on. Uh, it wasn't the normal Keane. His body language was not that of of the normal Steve Keane that you see. Uh, he, he looked nervous and a bit hesitant. Uh, obviously, watching the interviews, none of that came across. But, um, you know, all the journalists that were there were all texting me to say that there's some, something not right here. Uh, he, he didn't look his normal, confident self. Uh, but obviously, we all assumed uh that um you know uh Keane wouldn't be sacked and he'd be in charge uh on 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 Saturday against Charlton. Uh and but yeah you know, I was getting pretty confident that he would be sacked next week. I was out of that at all places uh around about uh seven o'clock and I had a text message uh from someone um saying Keane had resigned. Um so I thought that can't be right so I checked Twitter and there was nothing there. Uh, I was just about to ring uh, somebody and my Twitter refreshed and uh, Charlotte Jackson, um, Sky Sports news anchor, news anchor, tweeted, Steve Keen resigns, Uh, at which point I hugged a random stranger (laughs) um, and started ringing, you know, uh, first uh, um, Andy Cryer, uh, who was at an Oswald Twistle uh, chip, and was rushing back to the telegraph because uh, he'd been told that you know um, uh, Keen Keen had had resigned, uh, and then I rang a few other people, and they were all uh, in various states of uh, of celebration. Really, uh, that Keen had gone, and you know you know what reason for him going uh, is unclear, but the rumours are that uh, he'd possibly be being offered. Uh, a severance package of eight months that's what his contract uh what was was uh you know his eight months that are remaining and he hadn't accepted that and uh, that he possibly uh, may have been facing being put on gardening leave uh, next week uh if he hadn't you know if he hadn't accepted that package. Um speculation is that he's resigned and his statement um you know that he's released says that his position became untenable which suggests that he's going to go uh, for constructive dismissal. So, you know, that'll be uh, aimed at getting him a bigger payout than uh, the, you know, possibly what Benke's offering you. Uh, So that's going to take its course over the next few weeks, I think. Um, But, you know, it's just huge, huge relief on Friday evening uh, that he'd finally gone and... um, Honestly, uh, um, I talked to a lot of people on Friday and it was like we'd won the, the league, the celebrations, uh, the relief, uh, the tears, people even cried uh, that, that this man had left our football club. Um, and, you know, I was the same. I was absolutely buzzing on Friday night. I think Philip uh, had another conversation with me. And you uh, I was just completely buzzing that uh, he'd finally gone, and and the club has opportunity to move forward
2: yeah
3: obviously you were sleeping through all of this when pardon? I said obviously while this was all going on I assume you were in bed
2: yeah of course Um, uh, I was sleeping all through this and uh, I didn't find out about it until I read your email message and uh, uh, (laughs) I I, I couldn't work out why he'd resigned bizarre But uh, fantastic news yeah. So the following day, um, um, Eric Black was asked to take over, and uh, uh, he led led the team for the uh, Charlton match. Um, there's uh, apparently been a little bit of a problem between Black and Givet on uh, on Saturday during the uh, half-time, Apparently, uh, there was some kind of uh, um, problem. Do, do you know anything about that?
3: Uh, no, I've I've, I've heard th- the same thing, but to be honest, it's uh, without knowing exactly what's happened, it would be uh, wrong wrong to talk about it. But there does seem to be have been a problem between uh, Black and 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 Jive. Um, but um, I think some of the. Uh, um, you're a journalist. I think Andy might have the full story, but um, to be honest, I don't know exactly what has happened, so it would be wrong uh, to talk about something. Um, it would just be guessing, uh, so probably better just to leave it um, and, and see what comes out tomorrow.
2: So, Steve Keane has now left. Um, do, you, do you see uh, any further departures? Uh, for example, uh, Eric Black. Um, maybe on the uh, director side, uh, Paul Agnew, Derek Shaw Obviously the playing side will, will be down to the new manager
3: uh, as to whether he wants to retain those coaches or whether he wants to bring his own team in. Uh, off the pitch um, Paul Agnew uh, was very very close um, to um, Steve Keane uh, I don't think he's as close to, to Shevins, so there'd be a big question mark uh, regarding his future and then there's Derek Shaw who was I think bought in by um, Paul Agnew so if Agnew went then I'm assuming that Derek Shaw would follow uh, so i have told that what might happen now is uh, now that Keane's gone there might be a full restructure of the club uh, so we may see uh, a chief executive coming in uh, a director of football coming in even that managing director coming in and uh there'd be a complete restructure of the club. Uh so there could be people within the club moving to more senior positions. Uh um, you know, Chevy's role might change. Um uh, not not that it'll be any less influential but his job title might change. Um so I think the plan is to possibly not only appoint a new manager, but to completely restructure the way the club runs. Um so there could be lots of comings and goings over the the next two or three weeks uh, as they try to reach to this club and get it running uh, like a proper football club.
2: Yeah. Uh, It was quite interesting that uh, Derek Shaw uh, was completely in the dark with regard to uh, Steve Keane's resignation.
3: I'm not surprised. (laughs) Uh, There were very few people who knew about Steve Keane's resignation. Uh, Obviously, my feelings about Steve Keen are well known to people. Uh, his type of resignation, to be frank, it, it sucks. Uh, uh, you know, it shows the contempt he held us with, or the club with, that he he quit uh, before a very very important league game. You know, just less than a day before the game actually. Uh, I'm pretty sure the players, you know. you know know, if you're the manager you could have done this after the game Uh, but he did it slap bang seven o'clock in the evening before a vital league came Um, so I'm sure that was designed for maximum disruption Uh, yes the position was untenable but it was untenable on Wednesday, Thursday it was untenable on Friday morning when he did his press conference it didn't just become untenable uh, over Friday afternoon uh so so I'm sure that caused some disruption with the players, but uh they showed a lot of fighting spirit yesterday. Uh the performance was nowhere near as good. You know, it's been it we carried on with a poor performance really. Uh but at least they dug in and, and they got a point in the end.
2: Yeah. Now, Uh moving on to the future, uh next manager, do you have any ideas uh who's been talked about?
3: Uh yeah, I think there's gonna be a meeting uh tomorrow morning um, and I think Derek Shaw is going to be involved in this meeting along with Chevy uh, and, and some of the other staff at would. and I assume the owners are going to be in uh, via conference link uh, and I think the plan is for the brothers still to come across this week even though Keane's gone uh, I think the plan for them is to come across this week the big problem that we've got now uh, is convincing a manager who's based in the game here in the UK to, to join Rovers. Uh, Venki's reputation within football, in the UK in particular, is is gutter. Uh, so we're going to have some task uh, if we're going to go for a manager based in the UK to, to convince them to become the new manager, purely down to the reputation of the owners. Uh, I think Balaji and Venkatesh are going to have to come across and convince the new manager that they, that they will you know, that working for others is a good move for them career wise. Uh, if they can do that, then they've got plenty going for them in terms of the squad is pretty good, I think, compared to other championship clubs. or so, someone coming in will look at that and say, well, actually, there's a good chance of getting this, this mob up. Uh, they've spent money in the summer, which is good. And rightly or wrongly, uh, a person coming in would see that they backed their manager. You know, Steve Keane was in charge for what? 18 months, would you say, when, or a bit longer than that? 21 months, I think. 21 months, there you go. Time flies. Uh, uh, Of pretty poor results, to be honest, you know, throughout his uh, tenure, and yet they carried on backing him. Uh, What the reason for backing him, well, obviously, that's open to debate, but someone from outside looking in would say, well, look, this manager had a very, very poor win percentage. Every fan wanted him out, and they still continue to back him. Uh so so that might be appealing to, to to some managers. Um who it is, um in the summer, as I said in the previous podcast, Balaji was hot on Holloway and uh, Carl Robinson from uh, the MK Dons, uh Venkatesh uh was was wanting um, uh, a um so that was in the summer. Now that Chevy here obviously he'll play uh, a big role in, in identifying the new manager. Uh, my sources have told me that the favourite at the moment is either Tim Sherwood uh, with an experienced manager such as Joe Jordan coming in, uh, an experienced assistant manager, sorry, or Alan Shearer, um, who would most likely bring Mike Newell in with him. So those two seem to be the early favourites. Uh Someone, and I don't know who, is advising Chebby to go for Flickcroft, Janssen, and Craig Short combination. Flickcroft and Janssen, I think, are uh, at Chorley. I'm, I'm not sure if Short's involved there. Uh, that would be complete and utter madness, I think. Uh, uh, they've, I've seen Chorley play, um, and um, you know the jump from non-league football to the championship uh, would be too big, too big for them. Uh, so hopefully uh, that madness doesn't continue.
2: Yeah. Now, in the past, uh, the Rovers could call on uh, John Williams and Tom Finn uh, in the search for uh, a new manager. Um, do you think that they'll uh, look around for a similar, uh, similar level uh, of experience uh, when they're asking for advice?
3: Uh, I hope so. Um, I don't mind admitting on this podcast, uh, I've told Shebby personally that he shouldn't listen to any journalists He shouldn't listen to any fans. Uh, what he should do is talk to experienced people within the game. So football people and get their advice. Um, I've said to him, ring Alex Ferguson up. And if he doesn't want to do it, get someone at the club he trusts to do it. Uh, and he'll help. Uh, he's done it with other clubs. And, uh, I know, I know David Meeks, uh, who's, uh, Fergie's uh, biographer and he's told me, a number of times, he does have a soft spot for Blackburn. Uh, I know we were championship rivals, etc. in '95, and when Jack was around, uh, but he does have a soft spot for Blackburn. So, you know, they should ring him. He'll advise. There's plenty of other very, very experienced people in the game who, if you ring, will be only too happy uh, to, to, to talk to you. People like Gordon Taylor. I know he's a PFA, but he, he knows the game very well. Jimmy Armfield, he'd help. Uh, there's n- numerous people with lots of football experience who are in the game who know that what they're talking about. Uh, they should be uh, contacted uh, at the club. Unfortunately, there isn't anyone I think who's capable of of uh, giving that advice. Derek Shaw's been around for a very very long time, uh, but whether he's able to appoint a proper manager, I have my doubts. Uh, Paul Lagan is a PR person, so uh, no chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cancelled his finance, so no chance. Robinson, possibly the what the the secretary was brought in from Liverpool, but I don't know what involvement he had on that side of things at Liverpool. So within the club, there isn't really anyone I think that can advise him. But outside the club, uh, don't talk to fans or or journalists. We don't know what we're talking about really. Uh, what you need to do is talk to uh, football people, experienced football people. They'll help you. They'll advise you, and and take it from there.
2: Yeah, sound advice. Well, thanks ever so much for taking us through that little uh, the last two weeks. Has been absolutely breathless for all Blackburn Rovers fans. Um, it's it's a, a, it's great that uh, Steve Keen has finally gone, although. Um, uh, rather typically, even though he's resigned, uh, there's, there's still some afters in terms of uh, uh, le- legal uh, as- aspects of his um, uh, leaving the club. But um, I think the, the next ne- next stage is uh, cleaning cleaning up the back the backroom staff. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, getting the management structure again uh, right again uh, and on the field uh, getting in a manager who can organize a, uh, a football team for the time being though um we've got uh, the wolves home match uh, to look forward to uh, next weekend uh, we're away to forest ahead of that but um, there's uh, going to be a bit of a party atmosphere at the wolves match i think
3: yeah, um,
2: from what i c I'm told, um, ticket
3: sales for Wolves game have been really, really good. Uh people were having to queue thirty minutes on the on the telephones yesterday and um uh, same at the club shop and at the club shop in the town centre, uh there were ticket sales were brisk. Um so I think the attendance against Wolves will be hugely improved on on, on what was uh the attendance against Middlesbrough. Again, that'll give Shebby a lot of kudos with the owners because he's told the owners that if Steve Keane was removed as manager, the fans would come flocking back. Um, we all to get a very good attendance against Wolves. So, again, the owners, that'll give Shebby a lot of uh, um, kudos that, yeah, he said this and this is exactly what has happened. So, um Obviously, everyone's looking forward to Saturday. We have got Forest on Tuesday. That'll be a very hard game. Um, they, they're really good at home. Um, but, you know, um, hopefully, like, uh, can do some work with the players today and Monday. And, uh, you know, he can start um, the, the process of undoing the disorganised mess that Steve Keen had created. Um, it's going to take time. But the good thing is we're on, we're still in the, you know, we've got, we're in a very good position. Uh, so a new manager does have a bit of leeway. Uh, um, we've got the points on the table, so someone coming in uh, does have a couple of uh, a bit of you know, leeway in terms of um, what what they're going to do with this team.
2: Yeah. Um, now, on the subject of uh, party uh, party time at Wolves match, um, Ralphino from the BRFCS forum uh, has this last week been uh, trying to get something together for a, uh, a, an advert in the Lancashire Telegraph uh, to, uh, to to call for a boycott of, of, of the Wolves match. Uh, now that Steve Keane has resigned, it's turned into a, a, an advert in the Lancashire Telegraph uh, to come along and support the team. Uh, fantastic uh, effort from Ralphino there, and uh, uh, just hope that uh, he, he uh, he gets a good response uh, to to his advert, and that we see uh, a brilliant 20,000 plus Rovers fans down at Ewood for for the Wolves match. Uh, another interesting uh, thread uh, on the BRFCS forum at the moment is the "Where were you when Steve Keane resigned?" thread. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's some pretty funny funny ones in there. Brilliant,
3: uh, and on Twitter as well. Uh, absolutely uh, fantastic, and and that's the kind of effect that he's had on 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 the sportership. That this is a landmark moment in our club's recent history, uh, and and you know it's uh, it just shows how we've all been hurting. You know, uh, you know no manager has survived this long uh, when fans have wanted him out so strongly. Uh, so. So, yeah, uh, I mean, that's fabulous. Uh, um, Same with uh, Twitter, people posting, people I've talked to, uh, absolutely brilliant.
2: Yeah, brilliant. Um, So we've got uh, a few fans uh, online at the moment uh, who are going to talk to us. Uh, First of all, uh, are you there, Philip?
0: Yes, I am indeed.
2: Ah, fantastic. So, uh, Keane's gone
0: yeah absolutely elated about it um, and you know his disappearance was a bit like the dance of the seven veils um, you know we got heads up that he was, going, he was 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 going and then finally when he was gone it was almost beyond belief I mean I got a um, a, a uh, text message uh, from a uh, 1864 roverite as it happened who told me that he'd gone and I uh, I thought well uh, yeah, my immediate reaction was not to believe it and I thought well if it's coming from him then it must be true <laughs> uh, um, so absolutely ecstatic and uh, I'm coming up for the Wolves game and I think that uh, certainly the pre-match atmosphere is going to be party, party, party I think one thing to remember about that Wolves game is look at them, they are uh, I think in the automatic promotion slots at the moment uh, Wolves usually bring a lot of travellers so I would think that uh, you know a twenty thousand gate is going to be assured, and wolves could easily have three or four thousand there themselves, uh, so quite apart from the keynote party, um, this is a massive game with regards to automatic promotion
2: yeah. and uh, what were you actually doing when you when you got the tech from eighteen sixty four at Wright?
0: i was i was just simply working at my p c <laughs> nothing dramatic that's why I've not contributed to the um uh, to that thread because I was just simply sitting there and and my um my my samsung s three went beep and uh, I looked down and i saw he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Keane's gone. That was it. And, I, and as they say, uh, that I, I had a, uh, a second look at who'd sent it. And I thought, well, he must have. <laughs> so,
2: really? Yeah. 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 Well, uh, yeah, um, Cammy was uh, in a laundrette and ended up hugging a, a, a remote... Uh, remote, <laughs> Remotely known stranger, I think it was. A
0: random person. A random
2: stranger, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That
0: was it. Great. Right. Well, I, uh, I wasn't... A, a, I wasn't going to hug my uh, uh, my, my mobile phone, but uh, if anyone had been around, they'd have got a hug. <laughs> so. okay,
2: great. Um, I think also Bobby G uh, from the forum is online. Uh, Bobby, are you there?
1: Yeah, I'm here.
2: Hi. So um, what, what do you make of it all? <sighs>
1: I really have no idea where to start. All I can say is thank God at least... One part of this nightmare is over. I was, uh, I was at home and I was just watching TV on a Friday night and then uh, my Twitter feed updated and I just... I, I thought I just saw the name Keane resigns, and I didn't make anything of it. Then I looked closer and I saw it. Sky Sports News, Charlotte Jackson, I think it was, had said that Steve Keane has resigned, more to come. And then I was like, how the hell did this happen? Just a few minutes. I mean, earlier that day, he had a press conference and he seemed uh, less uh, upbeat than usual, but I wouldn't have expected he was going to resign. So. Uh, it was an amazing surprise, and I've been on cloud number nine since then. <laughs> yeah. Have you do, done any partying? Uh, I called a lot of people, a lot of people who knew what, how uh, Rover's fan was suffering, so the uh, first person I called was my brother, actually, he was in London. I called him up and I said, did you hear about it, and he was like, yes. And he was like, why did it happen? I was like, who cares why it happened? The fact that it's happened is all that matters right now. <laughs>
2: Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, wh- whereabouts are you? You, you, you were in uh, Dubai uh, last time we spoke, I think. You, I'm,
1: I'm actually in Oman right now, so uh, it's not that far away from Dubai, but I'm here on business, so uh, uh, I'll be here for a while.
2: Right, yeah. Have you managed to uh, keep up with uh, with the Rovers while you've been on your travels? Seen seen any matches?
1: Yes, well, uh, over here in the Middle East, Al Jazeera Sports uh, broadcasts whatever sky shows in terms of the championship. So I've uh, seen a couple of our games. Middlesbrough was one and Leicester was the other uh, because they've been broadcast in the UK. Otherwise, I've uh, subscribed to uh, the Rovers Online uh, app which shows highlights and stuff. So... uh, I'm keeping up in terms of watching our highlights, although there's not been much highlights to be honest. But uh, at least it keeps us up to uh, up to speed with what's going on. And obviously you guys and uh, Cami, Andy Cryer and everyone else have been great in reporting what's going on in terms of the club.
2: Yeah, great. Well, hopefully you'll be able to see the uh, Wolves match uh, one way or another and uh, uh, savor the atmosphere.
1: I definitely, I look for, uh, even if I don't, I've been listening to our games on the radio, which takes me back to, in time for about 15 years before TV and uh, internet uh, took over. So I've been listening to every single game on radio and it's even more depressing than watching uh, at something in the Premier League against an Arsenal or whoever.
3: <laughs> Babak, um, there's speculation that Tim Sherwood could be the new manager. Yeah? I believe you've met him. I,
1: I did, uh, when I was in London about, let me see, it was maybe about nine months ago or so, it was early, early 2012 when I was visiting London and he came into, I was actually in Zuma during the afternoon and he came in with uh, his kids and i caught a glimpse and i was like uh i was with my friends and they know how big of a black Rovers fan i am so they're like who are you looking at and i was like this guy was our captain when we won the premier league like x years ago so they're like why don't you talk to him and i felt a little bit shy initially but uh, then i went up to him and he was very nice and I, I think he spent about 20 minutes or 20 good minutes easily talking to me about football as well as the club what he thought of the club at that point there was a lot of uh um, uncertainty in terms of uh, alleged agents and their roles with the club and all that and uh he was also talking about uh, samba, when they were linked with him. He said that uh, at the time, he said, I really don't know why Harry is obsessed with samba, because I think we have Basong and he's just as good. But Harry doesn't seem to like Basong and uh, he wants samba. And uh, he talked about uh, how he keeps up with the club and it's still the best club. I've heard him say this on TV many times, it's the best club he's ever played for even though it wasn't the biggest um he was worried about the club and he's like everyone in the premier league to be honest they see blackburn going down the way things are so uh there was at that point there was no uh hint of the fact that we could be kind of uh our, our paths would meet again but uh i had a very good impression of him and he's a regular pundit on al jazeera sports he's very straight talking he doesn't sit on the fence he says exactly what people are thinking in the way that uh, if you notice, pundits come on TV and they're very diplomatic and politically correct, but he is actually one of the few that criticizes players who, no matter how big they are, criticizes managers if they've made mistakes, praises people when it's justified, including his own players. I've not, I've, uh, I've heard him. Uh, Criticize and praise Tottenham players uh, uh, many times on Al Jazeera Sports. So the vibe I have from him is a positive one. I know he's highly rated within the Spurs setup as well. So personally speaking, I know it's a risk, but uh, considering that the other ch- the other alternatives, even the safer ones like Kurbishly, I see very limited progress in terms of how how far we can go ahead with someone like Kurbishly or Mick McCarthy. They'll be safe hands, but. Uh, I feel a little bit of excitement and wondering what can be is something
2: that Rovers fans may want. So I would be supporting Tim Sherwood's appointment if it works out. So, Philip, um, Tim Sherwood's been mentioned. Uh, What do you make of him? Well, um, I...
0: I know he's very highly regarded at Tottenham and, you know, my slight reservations are twofold. One is that we've um, previously appointed a coach uh, to the manager's position and look what happened with Steve Keane. The other one is I'm very nervous to see uh, one particular reporter um, who is extremely close and gets all the good scoops from, uh, shall we say, the dramatic. Camp is um, saying that it's going to be uh, Tim Sherwood. I just wonder, you know, uh, are we um, still under that shadow? Um, So those would be my um, reservations. Um, You know, I. Uh, I've had the great pleasure of uh, meeting Tim's father on many occasions, and, and Pete Shurtle is an absolute gentleman. Um, I've um, beyond sort of nodding hellos. I've, I've never spoken with Tim. Um, my reaction at the moment is slightly that uh, for once, I hope that Balaji's, um, predilection for bling comes into play. Um, you know, names like Klinsmann and Reichardt have been, um, knocked around in the past. And, um, personally, I, I wouldn't have a problem at all with either of those two gentlemen taking over at Rover's. I mean, it really depends on whether Balaji is still dreaming those sorts of big dreams. It's, um, it's no secret that the money which has coming into Rovers is balaji's personal money, and um you yeah, the question now is really on the finances uh there's no doubt that the um uh, the Venkis didn't uh, budget for this very effective fans boycott, which, let's face it, has been contributory to getting rid of Keane. Um, now, I really hope there's a huge crowd against Wolves, because hopefully that will give Baladji the confidence uh, that if he's got it in mind to get a really um, a, a superstar manager, uh, then he will go and do it. Um, the other thing which I, I, I would say is uh, for whoever comes in, I think uh, it's not only the worry with regards to um, the Benkis, uh and the way that they run the club, but um, you know we've got to chalk this one in terms of Keane's departure down to the fans, and once fans get the taste of blood, if things don't work out well, for the new manager then uh, you know the fans will be quickly um on the back of the new manager and that's absolutely inevitable you know so um, therefore this is I think an absolute critical appointment it's a critical appointment in terms of um, getting a good start it's a critical appointment in terms of restructuring the club and also financially it's a critical appointment because we've got to go up this season uh, You know, and, and I don't think anybody should be under any delusions um that that's not the case
2: Yeah. Um, now uh, there have been a number of others uh, in the past who have been associated with us uh, under uh, Balaji and Venkatesh Kami uh, um, who, who have you heard about uh, the na-
3: name I thought to th- throw into the, to the ring will be Rafa Benitez of all people uh, Rafa is still uh, based in Ellesmere Port which is just outside Liverpool and um, He's, I know, looking for a job, but uh, and he wants to stay in the UK because his wife, uh, who's the one who wears the trousers in the Benitez household, uh, uh, likes that area and, and doesn't want to move. Uh, so, you know, if we approached him, and, and this would be a very long shot, uh, if he was given certain guarantees, if we offered a good financial package, including uh, a, a good promotion bonus, then we, we might stand a chance because he wants a job. Which is commutable from from where he lives, and Blackburn would definitely be that. Uh, there aren't any Premier League jobs in the Northwest that are about to come up. Uh, so, if we, and this is a big if, if he was offered some certain guarantees, if he was offered a good financial package, including a, a bigish kind of promotion bonus, then I seriously believe we could have a chance of persuading him uh, to become the Rovers manager only because uh, he wants to desperately get back in the, into the game. Guillaume Balaguer, who's very close to, to Rafa, has told me this a number of times, and that he'd prefer to get a job in the UK, preferably as close to uh, his, his family home in Liverpool uh, as, as possible. Yeah. Bye-bye. Philip. What would you think about Rafa?
1: Uh, I, I, I'd be delighted. I would be as well, but I don't consider it realistic. If Rafa Benitez is a viable candidate, he would be at the top of my list uh, for sure. He's a, he's a good manager he might not have the charisma that really turns us on when we watch him on TV but uh, there's no doubt he's a top class manager and tactically he's very astute so I would definitely take him but for, for me it's uh, we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves in terms that uh, I mean Klinsman he's the US national team manager there's no chance that he would leave that job and come to Blackburn Rykard is with Saudi Arabia mm, who knows they didn't qualify to the world uh, they, they've been knocked out already from the world qualification campaign so you never know but it would be a huge compensation but someone like Benitez he is available so he may be viable if he is I would take him otherwise when it comes to the rest of the candidates as people like Kirvishley, Ian ian Dowie and the usual suspects I would be tempted to take a risk on Tim Sherwood uh, with, with Tim Sherwood so uh, but if it's a Rafa Benitez then
3: why not who would say no to that and what would all three of you make of uh, a Sheer mike Newell combination?
1: Um, I personally would not want to go after uh, Alan Shearer. He's turned us down in a way twice before. I have my reservations in terms of uh, how he feels about us anyway. Uh, his first stint with Newcastle wasn't that good, and everyone knows Ian Dowie wore, uh, put a lot of uh, let's say brought a lot into that partnership at any rate. So I'm not I'm not too keen. I would be far more uh, in favour of Tim Sherwood than Alan Shearer.
0: Yeah, I, I would echo that of um, what, what Babak has just said. I mean, I have a great deal of respect for uh, Mike Newell's achievements uh, as a manager, but uh, Mike is a little bit of a uh, loose cannon in other ways.
3: And finally, from me to you three, the other one that's been mooted, uh, well, Glenn Mullen uh, on on Twitter has been asking for opinions, uh, of a short Guy Flickcroft and Matt Janssen combination.
0: Well I love all three as um, Rovers players um but I um I, I think Craig Short is an interesting one but I think Craig uh, Craig's experience in the um football league was a little bit too short. Uh the other two are completely unproven at this level. Um you know sorry um um you yeah, know love you all but no thanks.
1: <laughs> I would, I would pretty much say what, uh, Philip said in that regard. Uh, I mean, um, a bit inexperienced, if we're gonna get sentimental, why don't we add two guys to the list as well? Uh, I, I wouldn't, I mean, I, I I wouldn't be that keen. I mean, Sherwood is someone who's worked closely with RedNap. He's worked in a Tottenham setup, which has been in and around the Champions League for the last few years. He's dealt with big name players. So he, I feel that he, even though he hasn't managed per se, I feel he's been in, in and around the top quality setup for a while. And uh, it may be a risk. More of a calculated risk than someone like uh, Short, uh, footcroft and Janssen. However much they were uh, their legends, let's say for the club.
0: I mean, if we're going to go for, for um, ex-players, then I would say Michel Salgado.
1: Yeah, we're getting very sentimental then. Yeah, he's extremely. Yeah, exactly. Definitely.
0: But I, I would take Michel o- o- over the other three.
2: Yeah,
3: Michel Salgado, two guy combination. How's that?
0: Well, uh, it would be
3: entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing with two guys, he'd walk back to the club tomorrow. If so, uh, and, and and so would Michelle, I'm
0: sure. Yeah. I think those two guys, you. Know, Far, far more than than uh, Fleti Janssen, <laughs> you know, they, they would really bring something.
1: <laughs> if we could have got Fatih Terim and Tugay to come in, I mean, Fatih Terim is
3: obviously a legend at Galatasaray, but that would be one hell of a combination. Exactly. Z- definitely. Tugay probably apply for the job, and I'm not joking. Uh, I've sure, talked really. with, uh, with Shebby straight away. Uh, he's tried to come back under Keen. Uh, a number of times, uh, he'd he'd come back to a club tomorrow, and I'd, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's already thrown his name into the ring.
1: How would you feel about that, cami I mean, uh, he's he's been in the coaching setup at Galatasaray, and he's working on the Fatih Terim. But
3: as a manager, uh, how would you feel? Uh, I mean, to be honest, he's 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 done his apprenticeship, and uh, if we're going after Sherwood then someone like Tugay would be just as good, I think. Uh, He loves the club. He's very passionate. Uh, I've heard good things about him at Galatasaray. He is being lined up as possibly uh, the next Galatasaray manager. But, uh, you know, he would much prefer uh, to be back at Rovers because this is his club. You know, he loves the club. Uh, And, uh, yeah, it's a risk. It's like a risk, a bit like Sherwood, but I agree with your comments about Sherwood. He's very highly rated. Uh, uh, for me, Sherwood two guy combination would be perfect.
1: Probably would, but two, I don't think there's any ex player that would get the crowd on his side more than two guy. I mean, even Shearer, I mean, people have reservations about his management, but I think two guy would literally get the whole town behind him.
3: Yeah, uh, and, and he, he knows that as well, that he, he, he's, you know, a legend, uh, with our club. Uh, so two guy, you know, would be absolutely brilliant, uh, with a Michelle Salgado as an, maybe, a assistant manager or something. But like I said, we're fantasy world at the moment. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I think we'll end up with possibly Sherwood, uh, and, uh, an experienced guy like Joe Jordan, uh, with him. Um, and, and, and you know, that that would be my guess Sherwood as manager with a very very experienced assistant manager
2: um, well for me um, I'd uh, forget the sentiment and uh, I'd go for experience we've been through 21 months plus of turmoil uh, the organisation behind the scenes is terrible organisation on the pitch is non-existent uh, I think it really needs a, a pair of old hands to uh, uh, to mould the club uh, into something uh, more befitting of uh, of uh, Blackburn Rovers football club so for now i'd uh, i'd just go for uh, stability and experience now bringing in uh, you know one of these uh, Rovers legends as a, as an assistant is fantastic but uh, personally i'd uh, i'd go for the experience
3: i mean uh, that what would be ideal would be Someone like Sherwood with uh, Harry Ednapp. Harry Ednapp bought uh, in as a manager, and Tim Sherwood uh, bought in as an assistant manager with a, with a, some sort of guarantee that he would get the job in a couple of years' time. Not going to happen, but that kind of setup, I agree, would be the most sensible way forward. Yeah.
1: But yeah. What, what about Alan Kirbishley? How, how does everyone feel about Alan Kirbishley?
3: The problem I have with Alan Kirbishley is I think he's a he he was a very 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 good manager, and I know Venkatesh talked to him uh, in June July time. Um, so you know he's definitely Venkatesh's choice. Uh, but the problem is he's been out of the game for such a very very long time. Uh, you know, and, and I just worry. You know, being away for I think it's been three years now since he last managed. That's my big worry uh, about about someone like um, Alan Kirbishley. Uh, Mick McCarthy is the other one that would be linked heavily uh, Again, I think Mick will be brilliant uh, In terms of getting the club out of the, the championship Because he's done it before uh, But he's not the kind of manager Who can then take you to the next level
1: Should we be looking at that next level from now in disappointment? I mean, Wen has made a good point in terms of we need... uh, uh, We're all trying to dream and think of Tim Sherwood, for example, taking us back to the Premier League and then maybe pushing for a top 10 finish, etc. But should we be looking that far ahead right now or be happy with a safe pair of hands like Mick McCarthy, get us up and deal with whatever happens next afterwards?
3: No, I agree. All those other names were just fantasy, really. But uh, if we look at it serious from a footballing point of view, and you know, when if and I hope Sheby does talk to football people, they'll all tell him to go with the experienced man. So someone like uh, Mick McCarthy, Graeme Graham um, you know, someone like that, got lots of experience, uh, knows how to get results in the championship and how to get teams to back up. Uh, you know that we need um, really if we go up, get experienced manager, maybe bring a younger guy with them, go up, and then, like you said, buy back. Worry about what happens next once we've actually got promoted. Mm-hmm. But the good, thing, what we do have is, I think we, compared to most the other, all all the other championship squads, I think we've got the best squad in terms of depth. Uh, yeah, we lack in certain positions, but in terms of number. And uh, quality relative to all the other championship sides. I think uh, we've got uh, the best squad or one of the best squads. And all we now need is someone to organise the team. If we do that, then our quality uh, will will, will come to the fore. Uh, You know, we've managed to pick up 15 points with playing absolute turgid, rubbish football, disorganised football. I mean, he's keen of all people can pick 14 points up in this league, then just imagine what a proper manager would do.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: My my feelings.
2: I completely
0: agree. Just one thing which I would say is, um, seriously, um, we've got to keep an eye on that financial situation. Um, and um, so, yeah, the corollary of getting out of the league is also um, that we've got to put um, a re- restructure ourselves in terms of the coaching, in terms of um, the scouting, and of the uh, academy, because um you know it wasn't that evident but Keane's tenure has done unbelievable damage on the uh, the back room of uh, Rovers um we had a sensational setup uh, under Sam and Keane has pretty well destroyed the whole damn lot so i would be looking to a manager who's capable of building again uh, on the back otherwise uh, you know any hope of uh, going up and staying
2: up he's going to be playing sky yeah very good well thanks ever so much guys for the uh different opinions and uh, the suggestions for new managers um we're gonna to have to round off there um, just like to uh um make one or two small announcements uh first of all uh the rovers trust has uh, been launched Uh, that merges the BRST, the Blackburn Rovers Supporters Trust, and BRSIT, the Blackburn Rovers Supporters Investment Trust, Uh, will be having a podcast interview uh, with uh, Oz and Wayne Wilde coming shortly, uh, so watch out for that. Um, We've uh, had some uh, server problems uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks, and um, we've actually been moving over to a new server. Uh, the new server is up and running now, and uh, it's, uh, it's able to handle the load uh, much, much better. Um, and also we've got a new podcast server. Um, we were having terrible problems uh, with, our, uh, with our old server. Uh, it was taking several days for it to upload to the Mirror servers. Um, thanks to uh, Biddy uh, and also to Glenn, um, we've uh, got uh, this, uh, this new podcast server set up, and uh, uh, Biddy's been doing fantastic work in the background, uh, setting uh, not just the server up, uh, but also dealing with uh, uh, things like uh, access for uh, mobile, mobile uh, devices and what have you. So fantastic work from uh, Biddy, uh, and thanks also to Glenn for looking after things in the background there. Well, that's all we have time for uh, this week. Uh, thanks ever so much to uh, Cammie. Thanks, Ren. And uh, thanks very much to uh, Philip.
0: Yep, thanks. Uh, it's a very, very good uh, weekend.
2: Yeah, That's great. And uh, thanks very much to uh, Bobby G for coming on. It's a pleasure, Wen. Thank you. Thank you ever so much for listening in. And uh, wherever you are, uh, we do hope you do take care. And uh, thank you very much.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: It's the
0: 90th minute. All you mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part
1: of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.